Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to a Cops Two Two Keys, the podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today we have on a special guest. Uh, please welcome to the podcast, Dark Sky Lady. She- Hi, everyone. Uh, she's a fellow critic who will be joining us in our 2022 wrap up episode. We'll be talking about all the movies and shows that we like this year, our best of the year list, yada yada yada, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah. Also, uh-huh. feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Compa with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email about anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. And we are hopefully going to be re- revamping our social media stuff pretty soon um, for the new year. Yeah. So we're a little oh. bit late on that, but we'll hopefully get that sorted out pretty soon. Yeah, so. most definitely. And you can also <laughs> find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts to listen to. But before we start on our 2022 wrap-up episode, uh, Scar- Dark Sky Lady, can you at least give us an introduction, small introduction uh, and stuff? And yeah, just introduce yourself for the audience. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> hi, everyone. My name is Dark Sky Lady. Um, I've been a writer, film critic for the past few years. I started writing on Medium. Uh, about social issues and then started branching out into reviewing films, shows, uh, then reviewing anime, manga, light novels, so on and so forth. So yeah, uh, you can check out my site, darkskyladyreviews.com or, you know, that's it, cool, I man. think. Cool. <laughs> that, that's good. That, that was good. That was good. And we'll also make sure to leave a link in the description for all your socials and stuff. Yeah. As, as well as well as for your settings of so are we all ready to do our best of the year slash favorite movie slash whatever 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 the hell we do whatever the hell <laughs> people do at the end of this year because I'm, I'm really curious for when we get to tv and series type stuff because like i said my list for that is a lot of anime oh yes very much so we have <laughs> <laughs> we have talked about this off <laughs> so... yeah all right all right, let, let's get into this because I, I, well, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm also, also, uh, also happy holidays to everyone. Uh, we are shooting this, I, we are, uh, we're recording this right before New Year's. Um, I can't believe it's already almost 2023. I feel like this year has been like on fast forward mode ever since. That's true. Yeah. It really sped up. And just like, seriously, weren't we just in like October recently? Like, Less than three weeks ago. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Feels like that. Yeah, but at the same time, though, I'm just like, let's just get to the new year and stuff. So yeah, all right. With the my best of the year list. Um, though before I start, I will be releasing a full list of my personal picks of the best of the film, best films of 2022, as well as my top 10 TV shows of the year on the site Geeks Popcorn, respectively, on December 31st at 11:59 p.m. So make sure to check that all out. Also, um, my honorable mentions, as well as a copy of my best. Best films of 2022 list will be available via Letterbox. Also, full disclaimer, and this actually kind of applies to all three lists. Um, I haven't seen every movie or TV show this year, and there will be just some major ones that I just didn't get around to. Also, these are all my thoughts and opinions, and my thoughts and opinions alone. So if you disagree, so no. so <laughs> basically, if you disagree, basically it's okay to disagree. We all have different tastes. Yada yada yada. All right, let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, number 10, The Mantis of Hirshheim. Written and directed by Martin McDowell of Seven Psychopaths fame and starring Colin Farrah, Brendan Gleeson, Carrie Condon, and Barry Keenan. The f- 
film follows two friends, Podrick and Colm, uh, Farrell and Gleason, when one day, Colm decides he doesn't want to be friends anymore with Podrick. <laughs> Anymore and chaos ensues. As a fan of the director, this is definitely a more return to form for writer director Martin Medell. Creates a compelling, compelling story out of a very silly premise, mind you. Um, performance-wise, everyone's great. Both Farrow and Gleason have amazing chemistry with each other. Also, supporting players Carrie Condon and Barry Keenan are major highlights, definitely bringing a ton of personality to their roles. Also, Ben Davis' cinematography mixed in with Carter Burwell's swelling but melancholy score is beautiful, with Davis giving us these very sweeping shots of Ireland. Uh, why did I do it? I did it in a freaking accent. I don't know why I did it. Overall, some great performances for the cast, a swelling but melancholy score, some beautiful borderline on career best cinematography and a compelling story. The Banshee's of the Mirror is definitely one of Martin McDowell's best films since In Bruges. Uh, and then my number nine pick, Gamel, Gamel, oh, why did I say Gamel? Gamel del Toro's Pinocchio. Set in Mussolini, Italy, Gamel del Toro's Pinocchio retells the story of Pinocchio and yeah, I we, we know the story of Pinocchio, right? I'm not... I would hope everyone yeah. who even never read the book or seen the films knows P- Pinocchio yeah. at this point. That said, with the help of screenwriter Matthew Robbins, who wrote the story, and over the Garnwell career, Patrick McHale, who wrote the screenplay with, with him, Del Toro, and co-director Mark Gufenson, uh crafted a unique take on the iconic story, both paying homage to it, as well as fading within the director's wheelhouse. The stop motion animation is fantastic. The voice cast is spot on, with newcomer Gregory Mann as a titular character, Ian McGregor, Dave Bradley, among others, um, being major standouts for me. Also, Kate Lanchette plays a monkey. A monkey! I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm not joking on that, folks. Like, he, she plays a... <laughs> I, I mean, and also I didn't notice until like after I saw the movie, by the way. So that was a major oh. surprise to me. Um <laughs> overall, with the help of Robbins, Mikhail, and Guffison, Gemma Del Toro Company made one of the best iterations of the character. Now I'm on to my number eight. Glass Onion, a knives out mystery. Okay, <gasps> so because this one just came out on Netflix, I won't get into too many spoilers, but I did see this one in theaters about a month ago, and let me tell you, I got it with a blast. Uh, Ryan Johnson Company knocked out of the park, crafty, intriguing, and exciting murder mystery filled with twists and turns. In addition, the cast is amazing, with my main standout being Janelle Monet. We, y'all, we've been sleeping on her. We need Janelle to fix Monet was good. We, we, we need to fix this going into next year. Just look, I'm disappointed in myself for like sleeping, <laughs> for like sleeping, for like sleeping on her. Cause like, I just, the only other movie that like I can like name off the top of my head that like I completely remember her from is Hidden Figures, and that came out like what over no six lie, plus never saw that six 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 plus years ago. So I'm I'm disappointed in myself. Anyways, moving on to my number set my number seven pick, The Fablemans, co-written and directed by Steve Spielberg. Uh. The film. <laughs> <laughs> you breaking my heart. <laughs> I, just keep going. Through. My soul. <laughs> Hey, these are what the movie meant to me, okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Co-written and directed by Steven Spielberg. The film is a loosely is loosely based off of Spielberg's own childhood. It involves Sammy Fableman, played by newcomer Gabriel Bell, as his relationship between his mother, played by Michelle Williams, as hard, played by Montano, begins to change his growth in the late 1950s and 60s. So in addition to having one of my favorite shots slash final scenes of the year, which also has a literally and this might be a spoiler, just in case for anyone has seen it. But like, it has David Lynch as John Ford. Just this is probably Spielberg's most personal movie yet, which is considering, which is saying a lot, considering that like one of its scenes throughout all his work being divorced and the separation of his sister's apparent. I don't figures 
with the help of West Side Stories, um, Tony Kushner, Spielberg actually examines the relationship between Sammy and his parental figures as he grows up and discovers his passion for love filmmaking. Also, this is one of his funniest films to date. Like, seriously, there's some left out scenes in this. There's some, there's some left out loud scenes in this movie. I didn't realize that it was going to be that funny, but like, I, yeah. Also, helping him out with this is an excellent cast with Dana Williams and Seth Rogen, who plays Spielberg's uncle, all doing great job. Gabriel LaBelle is also great as Sammy. Also, I forgot to mention this in my initial review, when, but uh, Judd Hirsch, who, by the way, is Jeff Goldblum's dad from Independence Day. And oh, Julia, I love him. And Julia Butters, who plays uh, Sammy's sister, are also great with Hirsch giving one of the best monologues in the film. All in all, The Famous was a fantastic, emotional, and funny examination to the, into one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Number six, Top Gun Maverick. Right. Say what you will about Tom Cruise. And there's a lot to be said about this man, good and bad. <laughs> but when he puts in 110% on something, it elevates everything from the performances. I never thought I would like Miles Teller and something as I've always had a mixed relationship with him as an actor to the direction. This is probably Joseph Kalinsky's best film. Um, seeing this in theaters was thrilling, honestly. And honestly, also- watching it at home, I liked it more when I watched it a couple of times. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, the rewatch, the rewatch, like the the rewatchability factor also kind of plays into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, love that as soon as the ending credits roll, we got in memory of Tony Scott. And for those that are unfamiliar with Tony, mm. he's Tony Scott's brother. Uh, he directed the original, the original Top Gun nineteen eighty six, as well as a slew of other films such as True Romance, which t- with Quentin Tarantino wrote, Crimson Tide, Enemy State, Man on Fire, and just a whole slew of films. Sadly, he passed away in twenty twelve after jumping off a bridge, committing suicide. May he rest in peace. But overall, Top Gun Maverick was a worthy successor to the original. And honestly, I think one Tony would have been proud of. Hmm. Number five. And this one just recently uh, came out. Avatar The Way of Water. Now, before I start this review, let me just say this. <laughs> the original Avatar was very influential to me. It was it, Okay, look, this was the movie that gave me the Eureka moment where I realized I wanted to become a director as I was getting movies, but I didn't know what as I was into movies, but I didn't know what to do. In other words, this was my Star Wars moment. That being said, I will say the original Star Wars kind of one of Cameron's weaker scripts. If there was a rating system with his stuff, it probably would be A to B+. Um, The original Avatar would be a B+. Now for The Way of Water, I do think this is on par with the first film, not slightly above it. So technically, this gets a B in my book. If not... As Cameron coming knocked it out, knocked out of the park as we follow Jake Sully, played by Sam Warrington, as White and Terry's, played by Zoe Saldana, years after the first movie as they try and protect her family from the evil RDA and a red directed Colonel Courage, uh, played by Stephen Lang. I'll get into the writing in a second, but first, hats off to cinematographer Russell Carpenter, production designers Dylan Cole and Ben Procher, and the entire visual effects department, honestly, um, which includes Industrial Line Magic, What a Digital Workshop, Legacy Effects, among others. These visuals are next level, and combined with Carpenter's cinematography are just breathtaking. I've seen this movie three times in theaters. Wow. Astonishing. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, On to the writing. This one, Cameron and the co-writers, uh, Rich Jaffa and Man Silver, decided to delve into themes of parenthood and legacy, as well with several of the directors on styling tropes. But I think one thing that is a step up are the characters. Lee Jacob, to a certain extent, material, though, they do kind of play a long con game with her, which... I'll, I'll get into kind of a bit with a second because I kind of learned some stuff after I saw this movie. I think I third like the second or third time. I was like, oh, this kind of actually makes a lot more sense. Um, his youngest son, Noah, played by Brendan Dalton, his adopted teenage daughter, uh, Kiri, played by Sigourney Weaver. I'll get into her in a second. Inspire a human friendly solely, played by Champion. For example, I 
like their dynamic and as a group you do care for these kids which side tangent okay i need to make this tangent because some of y'all might disagree with me on this some of you might agree with me i just want to say because i kind of feel this i feel like as critics sometimes um we kind of judge harshly child or teenage characters now mm-hmm. like here's the thing like you real like kids at least from my own experience Kids are teenagers. They're supposed to be dumb and make mistakes. They're not, and like, granted, they're going to make some very, very stupid mistakes because their brains haven't formed. And, well, their brains don't really form until 285, but like, just kids make mistakes. Just, I feel like sometimes we just har- judge them harshly for them being like just those stupid ass kids. And like, well, they're supposed to be stupid. Just, oh. yeah. Anyway, need to get that citation off my chest. As for everything else, you got a little bit of Terminator 2, a little bit of Aliens, a little bit of this, and some non-camera stuff. You even got a little bit of Donald Plan the which the Jaffa and Silver wrote. And even, to a certain extent, Free Willy. Oh, and for the performances, Origins of the Lunar are good, but some of the standouts were, for me were Lang, who despite being the villain, had an interesting on death. Weaver, who now plays um, Kiri, um, just played a teenager so effortlessly. Like, I was kind of like, holy shit. And then... Um, also, Dalton and Champion also deliver some good performances with Dalton and Jimmy Flutters, who plays uh, Jake and Terry's oldest. And um, I, I keep getting this name fucking wrong. Yeah, I'm just going to say the oldest because I, I can't pronounce the name and it's going to fucking with me later. Um, as well as Champion having some strong chemistry with Lang and Morrison, respectively. Overall, while it took 13 years, uh, Cameron and company delivered again without turning away water, creating the most amazing pulse pounding and emotional ride from the end with some great performances, pretty good script. And some next level visual effects. I'm curious to see where the next fe- installments go from here, especially given that we're going to get be getting like literally one every other year. So mm-hmm. there's that. And as we get into the top four, I just let you know that three out of four of these movies made me cry and put me in an emotional state. There's a level of grief oh. that some of these films tackle and that just kind of let me emotional, especially given that I, and I'm just going to say it here, I lost my grandmother this year and just some of these movies like put me in a place where like <sighs> yeah number four black panther will cut forever so co-director uh co-writer and director ryan coogler and company need to be commended for making this one even possible and for how good it is from layer performance from everyone involved to the comp- cinematography to even uh composer Ludwig gores and score and the soundtrack itself the movie handled the death and legacy of Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa perfectly. Even the mixed stuff, mixed stuff that even stuff that's gotten like a mixed reaction, like Fred Ross played by Martin Freeman and um, CIA director Fontaine played by Julie Lee Dreyfus. I personally didn't mind, but overall, my Panther will Wakanda forever is a triumph with Coogler and company pushing the world and characters of Wakanda forward within the MCU. All will paying tribute to Boseman as and by extension T'Challa. Clerks three. Ran directed by Kevin Smith, this is the third installment to the Clerks and Magic Extension, the Viewerskewverse, starting in 1984 with the original and then 2006 with the sequel. So in this one, Randall, played by Jeff Anderson, has a heart attack with the original base, basis for this coming from his own heart attack in 2018. And while he's recovered, decides to make a movie based on him, his and his best and his best friend Dante's lives, aka the first Clerks movie. So with this film, I had a screen from Lionsgate, which by the way, thank you to Lionsgate uh, for giving me that. Um, I decided to watch it in the morning for work. I put on my little clerk shirt, got some coffee, and I decided to watch the movie. Needless to say, I was in fucking tears within the first five minutes. So one, it's uh, Welcome to the Black Parade. (laughs) 
Which it goes to the fans. He did say the movie was going to be in the song was going to be in the movie in like 2019. So fair. And that was me for the next hour and 40 minutes. A combination of laughter and tears while seeing a grief and morale mortality play on screen as Dante Randall and others like James Dunn and Bob make a movie about a convenience store. By the way, I also do have an article uh, discussing more about the fiends on uh, Geeks with Popcorns. Um, a link will be left in the description. Say what you will about Smith, because I know there's some folks online that says he, he's a has-been. This might be some of his best work in the last in the past decade. Uh, you can definitely tell that um, his cast and crew definitely put in their heart in this film. And yeah, no, just... Again, this one really fucked me up, and I didn't really expect it to kind of fuck me up. So, so yeah. Um, anyways, my number two pick. This is the one movie out of the next out of these four movies that did not leave me in an emotional state, and that's RRR. <laughs> uh, directed by SS um, Rajamuli. Rajamuli. Uh, the film is a fictitious, a fictitious story about two real life Indian uh, legendary revolutionaries and their journey away from home before they start fighting for the countries in the 1920s. Now, when I watched this movie, it was 10 30 at night. I decided, you know, I'm just going to throw it on just out of curiosity. And holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie was an historical <laughs> epic, romantic comedy, a musical, and a goddamn superhero movie all in one. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily everything all at once but that actually leads us into the best film of the year my personal opinion everything everywhere all at once written directed mm-hmm. by daniel kwan and daniel shiner the film follows evelyn wang played awesomely by michelle yo who gets wrapped up in a multiversal adventure and that's all i'm going to say so i remember as soon as the movie finished and the end credits appear i remember quickly taking out my phone because i was in the theater and i powered it up and i powered it up and i quickly texted my mother and I told her that I loved her and I missed her and for a bit of context I this past year I moved out to LA for work and this was and I hadn't contact and I hadn't spoke to her not because like I was bad her or anything like that it's because I was just busy and stuff but I I, I told her I missed her and I loved her and stuff but Honestly, the Daniel and Company made a fantastic film. Great sound performances from the entire cast, which includes Yo, Kiku Kwan, aka Data and Short Round from The Goonies and Indian Jones and Temple of Doom, Debbie um, Sue, Jamie Lee Curtis, and freaking James Hong. Seriously, this is probably my favorite cast of the year. And by extension, my fa- favorite slash best movie of the year. And for TV, um, I'm just going to kind of run down this list. Um, the Orville season three, or uh, the Orville March Rises. I already did an overall review of this of this on Geeks with Popcorn, so I'm really gonna only just say the last sentence. Uh, combine this with like movie likes effects, the Orville managed to create some new arises for itself, becoming easily one of the best sci-fi shows of recent years. Uh, number nine, DC's Harley Quinn season three, set several months after the events of season two. We follow Harley Quinn, voiced by Keely Cusco, and Poison Ivy, voiced by uh like bell as they embark on their new relationship with each other so i came on this show a li- little bit late later than most but i did so and oh boy this show is just excellent first off the writing for the season is bananas with the writing not only satirizing the dc universe but recontextualizing it through harley pov Speaking of that the voice cast is top notch with some of my favorite sound reports being bell uh, cusco uh dj bader as the voice of batman and also alan tudyk as the joker who's starting to become like He's starting to race there in terms of voice acting without with um with the Joker and with the Joker and stuff. Like he's not Mark Hamill, but he's almost there. <laughs> and then all in all, DC's uh Harley Quinn season three was a nice addition to the series, and I can't wait to see what season four brings us. Uh the Sandman season one. So after years of being in development hell, which also I covered, uh the Sandman has finally arrived on Netflix. Oh man, it's good. Based on the comics by the same name. Uh the Sandman follows uh Dream, played by Serge, um Tom Surge. 
uh, the God of Dreams as a three from his mortal, mortal prison. Uh, showrunner Alan Heinberg and company managed to not only bring the comic to light, but also managed to pay respect to it while changing what was needed. In addition, the entire cast is great. Sturge leads the charge awesomely as Dream, aka Morpheus, and just all in all, season one of Sandman is an example of what makes a great comic book adaptation, and just it was great. It was great. I, I can't wait for season two. Uh, number seven, Euphoria season two. Um, context. My friend and I kind of binge watched the entire first season before the second season premiere, and it was very interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. And uh, going more into the second season, we kind of got more of the same, but the thing that kind of just stood out for me, at least this season in particular, was obviously the performances the day, especially in the fifth episode. My God. But also, I feel like Praise needs to go to Storm Reed, who plays Ruth's sister, and Nia King, who plays Ruth's mother. Like, seriously, like, they should be getting stuff for this. I don't know why, because holy shit. Um, overall, Euphoria Season 2 was amplified by the performances led by Zendaya Company, with uh, Levinson going to interest, very interesting directions with the characters. Number 6, Our Flight Meets Steph Season 1. For those that are familiar, created by David Jenkins, the series Wells of Adventures, uh, Gentleman Turned Pirate Steve Bonnet, played by Ryan Starby, and his crew to board of revenge as they try to make them names so as they cross path with the legendary pirate Blackbeard by Ta- played by Taika Waititi. So I mainly became aware of this one because of just me as a Taika fan. That being said, I greatly enjoyed the show. It's funny, tad serious at times. Uh, Darby and Steve, Steve and the entire crew are just hysterical whenever they have to do with Blackbeard and the crew. And I'm interested in space very well. Overall, enjoy the first season. It was a fun, enjoyable affair. Definitely recommend checking this one out. Um, all right, number five. Stranger Things season four. Already did articles on both volume one and volume two. Massive step up from the first season. Massive step up from the previous season. Very curious to see where, season, where the next season goes. Because, oh man. Uh, number four, The Boys Season 3. Already did another article for it. Really dug it. Really dug it. Although it did have a bit of a bumpy season finale. Uh, number three. Star Wars Games Season 1. Set five years before Rogue One. We follow Cassie Andrew, played by Dave Luna, as he becomes entangled with the Red Lines. And that's all I'm going to say because of spoilers. We've had three Star Wars live action Star Wars shows at Disney Plus. And they all kind of range in quality, with The Mandalorian being good, both of them being okay. And Obi-Wan Kenobi can be okay. Uh, what Andor did blew all of them out of the water with showrunner Tony Gilroy and company just focusing on the ins and outs of the Rebel Alliance. All the entirely castled by Luna are great, with somebody sounds being uh, Selen Sarsgaard, who managed to balance uh, being mysterious while also being somewhat sympathetic. Very interesting. And two, Owl House Season 2. I know the season started technically in, Jan- in, no, in June of 2021, but I'm counting it this year as it did end this year. Um, but anyway, Season 2 picks up right after the events of season one, and Dana Ter- Terrence and Clear Dana Terrence and company managed to not only expand the world of Mulling Isles, but with uh, its characters. And speaking of characters, the entire voice uh, voice cast is excellent and stuff. And yeah, no, I just, I really, I, I fucking love this show and I can't believe it's ending. And just, God damn it. And finally, my number one pick the best show of the year, Peacemaker. So this is easily one of the best things that James Gunn has ever written with and with him and company literally giving development to a borderline unlikable character in a movie that is a sequel to the original, original one. Everyone's great uh, with some sound being from John Cena, Daniel Brooks, Rob Patrick, just the same few. All in all, with the help of some friends, uh, James Gunn and company managed to make Peacemaker a fun yet emotional show at times. Okay. So that was a lot. I've seen a lot. For, oh god, I have seen a lot this year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I need that to list is that was what? I I I I apologize. I, I apologize straight up. I didn't realize <laughs> that, that would be a lot. As soon as I was reading it, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> You're good though. I, this is gonna be fun editing, by the way. Anyways, <laughs> y'all get to your list. I'm 
I guess you go ahead. I'll just go with it. You want me to go next? Yeah, go Okay. ahead. All right. So my list is not as long. I kind of combined everything into a top 10. Um, so mine's combining shows and movies together. Um, and I have two other things on there as well. Um, so these, these are in no particular order except for like the top four. Um, I'll say that. So the first one I talk about is the new season of The Crown. I believe it's season five that was on Netflix. Um, I just love the cinematography for that show. It's so pretty um, and everything that I, and I, I just, I think it's, uh, I just really enjoyed it a lot this season. Um, it's weird because they're kind of catching up, getting closer and closer to real time. So it's kind of weird um, and interesting, but um, I don't know. I just, I just enjoyed watching it. Um, next one is She-Hulk um, on Disney+. Plus. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I like how it was more lighthearted than a lot of the other Marvel stuff that we've gotten lately. Um, and um, Tatiana Mislani is so good in that show. And um, she's hilarious. And I just really enjoyed that show a lot. Um, next one is The Boys. Uh, the new season of The Boys. But I just watched The Boys for the first time this year. So t I'm like... But I'll kind of... count the third season but this is like my overall I just that show is so weird but it's just so much fun <laughs> like I don't know how else to describe it but it's just it's crazy it's fun um I think the action is really good in that show for the most part and I don't know I just I just kind of like it was just crazy um but I enjoyed it a lot um next one is Stranger Things season four um or Stranger Things four um Really, really like that show a lot. Um, I enjoyed season three a lot, but um, I do know that some people didn't like season three as much, but I thought season four was really good. Very curious to see where it goes in season five for the last season. Um, so yeah, and I thought it was still just as really good. And I still think it's one of Netflix's best things that they put out um, as their original content. Um, next one is Amazon's Paper Girls. Um, I really, really like that show. It's kind of similar in the same vein as Stranger Things a little bit. Um, kind of that 80s vibe kind of situation. Um, but but with a little bit different. With still some sci-fi stuff in it. It's just really good. Um, I don't think it's getting another season, unfortunately. So I think it's just getting one season, which is sad. May may rest. Yeah. May rest in It's peace. a bummer. And like, and I'm and I'm and I'm a little bit pissed off about that as well. So. Mm, same. I would have really loved to have another season because I still think there was a lot they could have done with that show. Um, Mm hmm. it was, it, I still think it was really good. Um, if you haven't watched it, I would recommend watching the nine episodes. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and, and if you like Stranger Things, I do think you'll kind of enjoy it, um, and stuff like that. Um, my next one is, so this is, this is an album. I know none of you are going to be surprised at all. Uh, Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight's. I still am listening to this pretty consistently since it came out in October. So if that says anything, that's that. So that's all I'm going to really say. I just really like it. Um, I still think it was really awesome. Um, my next one is a video game, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Um, if you love Animal Crossing and you love Disney characters, this is this is an awesome game. 
Um, it combines both of those pretty seamlessly in the video game. And it's just, um, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot to do and stuff like that. I, I've really, I still play it pretty, pretty frequently um, since it came out. So I really like that one. Um, okay, N next one is um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Probably the best MCU project of the year, I, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, love what they did with the movie. Um, I think, honestly, I think they did a really good job honoring Chadwick Boseman, but then continuing the story um, and all that stuff. I think they did a really good job. Um, I'm very curious to see where Shuri moves forward, continuing with this. Um, I think um, her arc mirrors um, T'Challa's pretty well from Civil War, because I just recently rewatched Civil War and stuff, and it's not exactly similar, but it kind of kind of in the same vein a little bit. I, I, um, I, I see it. I see it. Yeah, but I really enjoyed it, and I thought the acting was great, and all of it was awesome, and I think they did a really good job with a very tough situation, and um, I think it turned out really great. Um, my next one is Knives Out, Glass Onion. Um, I watched this movie twice um, on Netflix, which is kind of rare for me. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, people are saying it's better than the first one. I think it'd be on par. I don't know if I would say it's better than the first one, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I thought the acting was great all around. I think um, it was just a, it was just really good. I do think that the mystery wasn't. It was the first one is definitely harder to figure out. With this one, it was a little bit more obvious, I would say. But that's all I'm gonna really say. Um, of that. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, next one is Andor um on Disney Plus. It's a slow burn, but it's really good. Mm. Like it's the I think it's definitely the most interesting Star Wars project we've gotten where it still connects to the main overall story plot. Mm -hmm. But it's not following characters that we followed previously in other movies, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, maybe besides The Mandalorian. Like, this and The Mandalorian are probably two of the better ones that they put out mm -hmm. um, that are not completely involved in the like the trilogy movies that we have um, and stuff like that. I really like it. I just finished the last episode last night. And... Um, I think it's really good. I think they did a really, really, really great job. Um, and then my number one is uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Just a really, really good movie. Um, I really loved it. It was, I finally got to watch it this month, finally. Um, had some time to watch it. And I'll just echo, echo what Josh said when he did his review. It's just really, really good. So, yeah, that's my list. Cool. Okay, I guess it's my turn. Mm -hmm. Second, Lord have mercy. <laughs> <sighs> okay, uh, I guess I'll do the movie list first for top ten. It's no particular order except for maybe the top four or top five would be mm -hmm. an order. Mm -hmm. Um, let me just double check that this is ten. Okay, it is. Um, uh, number 10, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, just for mm. Regina Hall's mm. performance is stunning in that film. I love the mockumentary. It 
feels familiar. A lot of the stuff that occurs in there, especially as we watch things on social media, the directing was hilarious. So if you haven't seen it, I think it's on what? Peacock? It's on Peacock. It's on Peacock. So definitely check it out. Um, After that, number nine, Triple R. As (laughs) Josh already stated, that movie is phenomenal. I really did not expect so many different genres of film to be blended into one stunning film and that movie is long and it doesn't feel long it Mm -hmm. it didn't drag I wasn't looking at the time going how much more is it near the end is it near the end so definitely check that one out uh number eight Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever obviously had to be on this list um Angela Bassett needs an award yesterday yes yes Mm -hmm. that's definitely so and as you said, the um, it felt like, especially the beginning of the film, it felt like an opportunity to collectively grieve a loss. Mm-hmm. And not just the loss of uh, Chadwick Boseman, but any losses that you have suffered during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, don't you dare, Kitty. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Number seven, Sissy. Not many people are talking about this movie. It's a uh, horror. It came out on Shudder. Um... It feels like a, like almost like a Gen Z horror film. It's like with this girl, um, Cecilia, who was nicknamed, who was always called Sissy when she was younger, and she's now an influencer on social media. She has tons of followers on Instagram, and she runs into an old childhood friend who is actually getting married to her girlfriend, and invites her to come to their. Or I guess her like kind of get together before the marriage and she ends up going and there's another former classmate who she and this girl has some history and things take mm-hmm. a drastic turn in a darker direction but throughout the film the use of colors and music gives it almost almost a camp feel of comedy and horror blended together so I would recommend checking that out especially if you're into horror films get shutter uh number six banshees of inisherin uh as josh already stated it's a great movie it's a great anti-bromance movie it's like (laughs) the antithesis it's like it's like kids in a sandbox i don't want to be your friend no more (laughs) that's basically what the film felt felt like just taken to the extreme like how far will you go to make your friend leave you the hell alone very mm. far, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> so, number five would be The Menu. Mm. I love that film. I love how many different things you can take away from the film. You can take away uh, classism, uh, the way that wealthy people are treated, the way that they treat service workers, disregarding them as though they don't exist. You can take it as like, hey, it's like the chef is Jim Jones and he's making everyone drink the Kool-Aid. You can, like, there's so many different interpretations and things in the film that you can take away from it. And uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is she rarely misses with her movie choices. Like, even if the film is trash, her role is always great. So (laughs) she's definitely one that usually if I see her attached to the name of a film, I will watch it to see her performance. Mm -hmm. Um, Number four, of course, uh, you you guys have it as your number one, but number four, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, For all the reasons you guys stated, it's 
a beautiful film and a mind-blowing film. So I would recommend uh, number three, I think a lot of people slept on Emergency. Mm -hmm. And Emergency, I think it premiered at Sundance. And it's a comedy, but there's underlying fear and terror as these two Black men at college come home and find a white girl passed out in their home unconscious. And one is like, oh, well, let's just call the cops. The other one's like, you know, are you high? You know what happens when they show up and see two Black men and a white girl? Like, let's just dump her back at the frat house or wherever she was for her party. And things go from wrong to worse. And throughout the whole movie, you're kind of still sitting there in fear, like what happens when they are finally seen, like what's going to become of them. So I would recommend that. Number two, Woman King, obviously. <laughs> this, the whole entire cast is great, especially the cast of females. They are amazing. The women are stellar in this film. The fight, dude, they are so freaking good. Like, Yes, there are men in the film and, and they, they, they do their thing, but the women outshine them all yes. the way. Yes. No disrespect to the men. You can't have it all. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, I'm here for Viola Davis, Asana Lynch, and everyone else. They, they Ooh, can. They are so. Oh. Just also Prince Brifewood. Um, mm -hmm. Given that we make. Uh, Look, given that we might be rebooting Wonder Woman soon, uh, can we get her for Wonder Woman, please? Or new actually, or yes, because remember that movie? What was it? The Old Guard that he, she did for Netflix. Mm -hmm. I she need she could she could do Wonder Woman. I guarantee she'd do a better job than. Uh, first off, she wouldn't be casting a certain someone who uh, is siding with a group of people who are okay. You know what? I'm not gonna get into it. Yeah, my podcast. I'm gonna just refrain. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just like I was about to unleash. Yeah, no, no, I know, but... I knew as you were about to go into a certain direction. I was just like, oh, uh, do we really want? Oh, well, Lord. okay, the character, okay. the character, just okay, boom. <laughs> I'm gonna move on. My number one, Nanny. Mm. Nanny. If you have not seen it, it is on Prime Video. I may butcher the director's name. I'm not always good with pronunciation, but the director, Nikyatu Jusu, you got is it. stunning. The use of colors, the use of story, and the anxiety of not only being an immigrant in the United States pursuing a dream but the constant she captures the constant anxiety white people won't notice because it's not for you but she constant she captures the anxiety that anyone who isn't white we feel in white spaces especially in a society where whiteness is the default that anxiety never leaves you're like always on the defense waiting for somebody to drop something uncomfortable so I would definitely recommend that it is beautiful, best direction I've seen, especially from someone new to the scene. So check it out. Also, if you do need a second recommendation with that, just I believe I just saw Guillermo del Toro's tweet about the, and I think he finally got around to seeing it and stuff. And oh, he did. Yeah, I, he did. He did. <laughs> he did. So see, don't believe me. Now what? <laughs> there it is. Yes. 
And that does it for like oh the TV. I oh shoot! I completely forgot. <laughs> I, I just glanced down at my paper and I was like, "Oh, the show!" Quickly, put it in. Put it in. Actually, disclaimer probably. for everybody: uh, I don't watch many shows like that, but I am a fan of anime. So this list is gonna have a lot of anime. So anime fans, rejoice! Everyone else, <laughs> I'm sorry. Get into anime, and you'll understand why. <laughs> okay. Number 10, My Dress Up Darling. Uh, just a unique romance, like slice of, mostly slice of, slice of life comedy, but it's unique in the sense that uh, the girl meets a guy in high school and the guy, he makes a Hina dolls and she's a hardcore cosplayer. And he starts making costumes for her. It is hilariously cute, a little, a little etchy, but it's adorable. Um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners number nine yes. had, to be on there. had to be on there. Yes, <laughs> you see, you hear that? That's another endorsement. <laughs> I know my people. I know my stuff. So number seven, Euphoria, obviously, um, on uh, Josh's list too. Uh, I, I had to put it on there. Number eight, seven, six, seven. Oh, the boys, the boys. I did. I do love that show. That's one of. For superhero, authentic superhero uh, films and TV shows, for films, my my favorites were Unbreakable mm. and Chronicle, which I felt were really authentic uh, looks at somebody becoming a superhero or somebody who was always a superhero and didn't know it. Like if you had powers and you just didn't really know it, you just realized, hey, I don't get sick that often. <laughs> so I love that. Uh, for shows, the boys would be a great look at what happens if superheroes and capitalism come together. This would be the result. Okay. Number six, Classroom of the Elite, which is another anime on Crunchyroll. Josh, look at it. Watch it. It's so good. If you like um the show kind of like Death Note, <sighs> it's very similar to kind of Death Note cat and mouse like you have but here the classroom actually wants their students to be very cutthroat they the the school is entirely set up that way I mean once you get into this little private school they give you a certain amount of points now this points dictate what you can get for that month basically what you can get like they give you like 20,000 points and they have everything they have movie theaters they have stores for clothes stores for games everything is on campus everything is at your fingertips so as the students start, they're all given tons of points. So what are kids gonna do? Gonna go on shopping sprees. Cause they said, you know, you get you the point you get points every month. So they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So they're assigned classes, A, B, C, D, if I'm correct. And D class in particular spends all their money, most of them. <laughs> Next month, suddenly they got zero dollars. They got no funds. Because they don't tell you what the rules are and what you should or should not be doing, but they are deducting throughout your month, talking in class, not pulling up your grades, failing exams, things like that. So, mm -hmm. and you're in direct competition with your other classes. Jesus. So, I'm getting Battle Royale feels. Oh, it, 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 it be feeling like that. Like some of these people are not playing. So, Look at that. Next one, uh, Kataro Lives Alone. That's my number five. That's on Netflix. It's a cute story of a, literally a little boy. I think he's like, what, five or four? And he lives alone. He just rented this apartment next door. And this man who lives next door to him is kind of like, what in the heck is going on? 
And obviously, if you have a kid that small living next door to you, whether you want to or not, you're going to start feeling a little protective. Like you have a mm-hmm. four or five year old living next door. You've got to keep an eye on this little boy. Uh, child services being here already. Dude, the amount. And the thing is, it's there's some sad moments. But at the same time, the way this apartment complex comes together to look out for this little boy while trying to make him trying not to overdo it, because this real this boy really wants to be independent. Mm. He does not like people latching onto him for protection. Mm. So and there's a there's a whole reason behind the way he he is and everything but it's incredibly cute and sweet uh number four league of their own which was also mm. on prime video mm. that is a wonderful series and i'd seen the movie years ago and i loved it but the series is actually a lot better one it's more diverse and not diversity for diversity's sake the characters are actually theme like they are tailor-made to each person's identity Mm -hmm. um some comedy i really did love the uh couples the couplings in the series Mm -hmm. so i want to see more of that number three paper girls same as yes amy it was good very good series and i'm so incredibly annoyed that it's not getting a second season it really deserved a second season it really, really did. The cliffhanger, all of that, the story. Uh, like, dude, I was even downloading music from... from I literally almost bought I got the that whole song Mother. comics for I it. I got that song Mother, and I'm, like, listening to it. Like, they're playing it in the car, her and her <laughs> brother. Um, Number two, Spy X Family. This anime... <laughs> I'm sure for people who've seen anime, you guys already know all about this show. It's a spy who has to infiltrate a private school... And he's a single man, so he has to get a wife and kid. What he doesn't know is that his child that he acquires from a shady-looking orphanage is a mind reader. She can read thoughts. And she's a very big fan of a spy show. So Mm. she is excited to be joining him because she knows he's a spy. He also doesn't realize that the new wife he has acquired is an assassin, a hitman, a woman, to be more specific. So... A lot of insanity ensues. The funniest is the little girl. Her reaction and her behavior in different situations. So I would recommend watching. And number one, the new show that just had its finale a couple of days ago would be Chainsaw Man. Okay, I've been hearing so much about that show. Like, what the heck is it? Okay. <laughs> I, I haven't read the manga. So manga readers, if there's any difference, I'm going by the show. Mm-hmm. Um, There's this guy. Denji. He's basically mm-hmm. a teenager. He has a, it's not a dog, but I will describe it as a pink dog with a funky looking tail. <laughs> and the dog has a chainsaw coming out its head. And that is his pet. And he uses that pet named Pochita to kill demons, to kill devils. So that he mm-hmm. can, collect, so, because apparently, uh, like the Yakuza, his dad mm-hmm. owed a debt. And then his dad, I think, died or committed suicide, I think. And the Yakuza automatically passed the debt to him when he was a kid. They uh. basically said, like, the, the guy was like, you have to come up with this amount of money by, like, tomorrow. I don't care if you have to whore yourself out or whatever. Get that money or you're going in the ground next to your dad. And that day, he, he the dog approaches him and the dog is injured. So he tells Pochita, like, you know, you can have some of my blood because I know blood heals devils, yada, yada, yada. Fast forward, he's a teenager now, and he ends up being betrayed and butchered, him and his dog, Pochita. Um, but blood heals devils, so Pochita 
is alive and then realizes that Denji is dead. Like he's literally in pieces in a dumpster. And he basically, and Denji had told him like, if I die, you know, if you can come back, you come back and you can take my body. And Pochita doesn't want to do that. Pochita is like, I'm going to give you my heart and you get to live because I want to see your dream. Because his dream was just to have, like, they live in a shack, like a little metal, like, shed. And mm-hmm. his dream is to live a life that where he can have toast with jam and stuff on it. Because they don't even have that. Mm-hmm. So, wow. and it's, it's a little raunchy because Denji has a one-track mind. Like, once he finally achieves his dream of getting toast and bread, he's like, I need another goal. So he decides his goal is boobs. He wants to feel a boob. So, I mean, and yes, it sounds insane, but I love the way that anime actually has people making fun of him. And he actually ends up snapping at one of the devils because everyone's like, what is your end game? And his end game is to touch a boob, get laid. <clears throat> Like, he's a teenager. What do you expect? And people are like, people are here risking their lives for family or vengeance and you were in your stupid boob. And he's like, I know y'all think it's stupid, but you know what, demon? Let's square up. If I win, let's see whose dream is stronger. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just thinking like, as I'm watching, I'm like, this guy and his dang boob obsession. He's like, yeah, so? Let's fight. Who wins? Let's see who really has that determination to get their dream. On one hand, I respect him. On the other hand, <laughs> I'm just laughing. It's <laughs> I'm the sorry. Animation Studio Mappa. They're the same ones who did, if I'm correct, Jujutsu Kaisen, which is a phenomenal series. And Jujutsu. Oh, I should have put Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie on my list. Okay, but check that out. Um, and I think they. I think people were saying they did the last season for Attack on Titan, the most mm. recent season. Their animation style is gorgeous. Yeah. Treat them better, though. I'm going to shout that out. I, let's just say, uh, for full disclosure, uh, I have, I've only seen, like, the first half of the first season of Attack on Titan. However, Jamie has uh, seen the entire series. I've seen and- a, yeah, I'm all caught up. I yeah, need I, I need a refresher because like it was so long ago for the last season, that's part of the last season. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of binged it very quickly and I probably shouldn't have, but it was good. The, the last season, I'm getting a lot of uh Lelouch vibes from um Kogias. I'm getting okay. a lot of the Lelouch vibes from Aaron because in that series, he basically he's, um, made he's himself something. a villain. He made himself a villain <laughs> yeah. intentionally because the only way you can kind of bring people together is if they all have a villain who is so abhorrent to everyone that they unite against them. And he, he kind of saw that yeah. they needed somebody to hate. And yep. I'm wondering if that's Aaron's if it's intentional or not, that's the question. If he is intentionally trying to build a group to entirely side against him so that they can come together. I don't want yeah. I'm worried about how it's gonna end. I'm worried it's, about it's it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Like um I don't even know. Like they kind of left off like I'm actually not surprised that they're splitting up this last part into so many parts because there's so much like I've looked up a like, because I couldn't help myself. I tried to figure out, like, what was going on and how mm-hmm. far ahead they were. And I kind of got look, uh, looked into spoilers a little bit mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not done yet. So I have a lot to do. So that's what I'm worried about. I really don't want to. 
We'll see. I don't know. It's going to be, it's just going to be, I just know it's going to be safe. But the animation in that show is top notch. So it's it's great. It really is good. And I didn't even jump on that train right away either. Like I said, I don't really jump on shows right away. Mostly Mm -hmm. because I'm one of those people who also, I don't like waiting week to week for an episode. So I'll wait till it ends if anything. And then I'll binge because I like watching at my pace, not, not anyone else's. So I got into it late as people kept talking about, oh my God, Attack on Titan is so amazing. Ah." That was "Mm." one of the very first animes I saw. Like one of the very first ones. Because like I have a a sibling who is super into it. And so we just kind of put it on just from the beginning. And we just kind of watched it. And so that's kind of how it went. So I'm very new to it. I haven't watched a lot of it, but I'm dipping my toe in a little bit. Dude, I'd be making lists. I I wrote, I wrote a, you list for like my site no i don't think my site but i think for nerdist and i had one on medium that went by genre for anime oh wow for like mm. a horror list i had a horror recommended list for anime um because so many people just i think just the animation or the implication that you're a child if you watch anything that is animated there's so um, much that's not for children there's so yeah. much so i'm like dude they have some horror that will really mess with your head i saw a bit of death note and like that's not death note dude the cat and mouse that i had the death i still have the death note but from the actual like <laughs> anime i bought that and then um, Higurashi no Naku Koroni, uh, Yami Shibai, which is on Crunchyroll. And those those episodes are so bite-sized, it's really easy to watch. First season is like two and a half minutes long per episode. Oh, wow. wow. And they're freaking, they're not regular animation. They're like more of a, almost like a 2D cutout style. Oh, okay. Like the characters don't move. It's like they're like this and then they like. Oh, like, interesting. Mm. Yeah, and still scary. I did not expect that. Some of those episodes are completely terrifying. <laughs> so um, I did a list for that. Horror, romance, comedy, action. There's a bunch of good ones out there. It just depends yeah. on what your genre of film and show is. Yeah, there's yeah. so much. That's why I'm like slowly dipping my toe because like there's just so much to go through. The first things I watched, I don't know if they would be considered anime, but the first things I watched was years back. Voltron. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. Sailor Moon. Ah. Sailor Moon's anime. Yeah. I I, so, I, I I believe so. I don't know. Anyone disagrees with me, um just thing go thing <laughs> go into a river, but like uh, I just yeah, I I I believe so. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not the I'm not the most current series. I know I know Sailor Moon is. I just don't know about Voltron. I think Voltron would be considered. It, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Probably. I, I don't know. Think so. Those were the first shows I watched. What was the first movie? I think the first movie I watched for anime was like something. I think like Macross, one of the Macross mm. things. I think it was like Macross Plus or something. I I'm I, I've I've heard about Macross and stuff. Yeah, so anyways, that does it. Okay, so I believe that does it for all our lists. Um, mm-hmm. And does that does it for our episode? Oh my God, that does it for our episode. That does it for 2022. Wow, that's what we're already done. Yeah. We're done. And this year has been, I felt like has been like fast forward on like steroids. Yeah. Just like every, like every, like just, it feels like we're just like entering like every other week. Like you think it's one thing, but it's another. And it's, it, it's, it's nuts. Mm. It's nuts. I and I don't even know what 2023 is going to be like. I'm actually scared to even think about that. Dude, I'm praying that it's got just a lot of good 
please Hopefully. god <sighs> a freaking break yeah yeah because like i can't this year was some last couple of years was some yeah yes oh no the last couple of years were shit yeah yeah like believe it or not when the pandemic first started things were like actually looking up surprisingly for me and then and then the year after like a couple of my cats passed away i was just like jesus christ on the cracks and like why is this happening yeah at least from at least on my end like i mean i moved out to la for christ's sake that's and good that, and now and keep in mind also like i actually this past this makes it one year since i've graduated college oh wow so I'm it's just, huge i i'm just like holy shit <laughs> like and i got a job and stuff and i i, I like i'm happy but i also like just i feel like as the world kind of went around shit i got wind up having like multiple opportunities like i saw movies early this year Mm-hmm. Yeah. multiple movies early um some of which i legally can't even talk about uh because mm. i'm under massive ndas but i holy smokes but yeah no i saw a lot of shit this year and i think we all i, I saw a lot of shit this year and whew, yeah i'm an insane person i need to chill that chill about that but yeah all right let's wrap it up sounds good all right so feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms we're on twitter at combo with two geeks we're also on facebook and instagram at conversation with two geeks if you want to send us an email about anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes for conversation with two geeks at jmail.com and where can the people find you dark sky lady uh my handle is dark sky lady pretty much on all socials it's like on twitter i'm on hive now i'm on mastodon instagram tiktok i'm trying to use the other socials more so but the one i use the most right now is i guess basically hive and twitter but i'm same handle on everything got it well anyways we will see you all next year thank you so much dark sky lady for coming on we've had a blast thank you for having me anyways happy new year everyone and take care we'll see you later Bye. bye bye